Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number one. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Well, hello, fellow automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to the very first episode of Cars Yeah! Thank you so much for listening. I am so happy to introduce a very special guest, my very first guest here on Cars Yeah, Rick Cole. Rick, are you sitting down, buckled up, and ready for a wild ride? I'm buckled up, ready to go. All right. Rick owns Rick Cole Auctions. Rick is an internationally recognized collector car expert, an auctioneer, an appraiser with over 44 years of experience in the field. He began his career in collector cars at the young age of 16. He has sold approximately 25,000 collector automobiles over the year. Wow. In 1986, Rick had what some call a crazy idea. He launched the very first classic car auction in Monterey during the Pebble Beach Concorde Elegance historic race weekend, and you could say that Rick brought commerce to that weekend. Early on, Rick earned the title of Auctioneer of the Stars, having sold hundreds of cars for and to Hollywood royalty that included Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Steve McQueen, Johnny Carson, Robin Williams, Sylvester Stallone, and more. So, Rick, I've told the listeners a little bit about you. So, if you'll take a moment and share a little more about you, your interests, and your passion for automobiles. Basically, I'm just a lucky guy. You know, I went to to uh, junior high school with a with a young fellow whose father opened up a classic car agency down in Santa Monica, one of the first ones in the United States, a place called Automotive Classics. And uh, it was owned by a fellow named Bill Victor, whose father actually invented the gasket. Victor Gaskets was a very famous company. And uh, Bill was an automotive enthusiast and owned a Jaguar dealership in Chicago, got tired of the weather, moved to California, opened up a little store on Wilshire Boulevard and stocked it in 1970 with what he thought were the coolest classic cars of the period. And as the best friend of his son, we would go there every afternoon and hang out. And I started washing cars and started detailing cars. And then on the weekends, I'd go in and try and sell cars and just got hooked. And uh, during my high school years, I was pretty much at the car store more than in the 11th or 12th grade. Some people ask (laughs) me where I graduated from high school these days. And i I can name the school, but I can't remember if I ever got a diploma. I was at Automotive Classics every day. Your passion started way, 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 way back. back, 1970. Yeah, and uh, shortly after I developed this love of cars and started going there, literally every day of the week, uh, Bill Victor hired uh, Don Williams, a fellow by the name of Don Williams, to be the general manager of the store. And uh, me being 16 and Don being 23 years old, we were kind of youngsters at the time and of course today don williams i don't know whether your listeners will some will recognize his name some may not but he is a legend in the field he's the head of the blackhawk collection in danville california today and you know don has uh, had his hand on many of the greatest cars that were ever built you know so we we go back 44 years together and uh, we bump into each other from time to time and we're both kind of old men now and we kind of laugh at the times that uh, long ago but we've seen you know don and i have seen it all i mean i've seen it all 
if I told you some of the cars that we had in our showroom back in 1970 and the prices that were associated with them then, I mean, you would you just wouldn't believe the the changes from then to today. Wow. Well, that is uh, you have a enviable starting point in your life, and and your youth sounds like uh, what most of our listeners would just. Uh, cry to have had in their their young lives. So that's fantastic. You know, we always like to start this show off with an inspirational quote, something that maybe you live your life by, or maybe a person that was uh, key and instrumental in forming your passion for cars. You talked a little bit about a few just now, but is there a quote that you can think of that really sticks in your mind that you've tried to, to live your life by? You know, I can't really come up with a quote that really pertains to my to my younger years something that would have steered me in the direction that I that I ended up doing you know as a career the only thing I can, can that I can attribute to possibly doing things right and that's always something that I've prided myself on in anything that I've done is doing the right thing you know I always say what is okay here you go what is right is right and what's wrong is wrong and uh, I definitely know what what both are, and uh, I patterned my professional career and personal life around pretty much that motto. You know, I'd, I'd like to do I like to do what's right. That leads into the next question. That's a little bit about your automotive journey, and and that is how have you incorporated that quote, that thought, into your business in your life around cars? It uh, it came early to me because after. I went to college briefly after I graduated or after I left high school. We hadn't determined whether I graduated. We don't know if I graduated, but went to the University of Denver. And uh, just my my uh, my life cried out for the automobiles. And I was there for about a year. And I said, I you know, I want to get into automobiles first time. So at 19 years old, I found out there was a job opening at Cruise Classic Auction Company, which at the time in 1974 was uh, kind of like the Mecham of today. They were the, the, the precursor to the Mecham dynasty. Cruise, spelled K-R-U-S-E, uh, pretty much operated the way Mecham does today. They had an auction just about everywhere around the country every two weeks, and they were running tens of thousands of cars annually through their auctions. And, I mean, they were they were the people to see. And it, actually, if people go back into Barrett-Jackson lore, back into the early 70s, you'll see that there was a, uh, a marriage back then between the Cruz family and Russ Jackson and Tom Barrett, and they were partners for a few years. But kind of fibbed about my age at the time, and I told Dean Cruz I was 21. I flew to Albuquerque and met him. And I was hired on the spot to run their Western activities and uh, opened up an office in uh, Marina del Rey, California, and was immediately responsible for their Scottsdale sale and Santa Monica and Newport Beach. And then they liked what I did, and I started traveling around the country, basically coordinating all sorts of auctions for them. But to answer your question, to go back, you know, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong, I worked for them for four years, and uh, I saw just about everything you could see in the auction business. And uh, after four years, I knew what was what was right and what was wrong. I knew what could be done wrong, and, and that, that's what they were doing. So I figured, you know what, i got to get out of here, and, and if I'm going to be in this business, I think I'll just start my own company. That's fantastic. You know, you answered part of the next question uh, a bit here, but I always like to hear, was there one pivotal moment in your youth that 
really got your passion for cars going. Uh, maybe somebody in your life or some car you saw driving down the street that really put you over the edge and made you realize that this is what I'm enthusiastic about. This is what I want to do. Well, I was I was very lucky that, you know, Bill Victor, the gentleman that owned the classic car store, he was a, a true enthusiast. I mean, he just loved cars and he had a beautiful home in Brentwood, California. It was kind of a ranch type atmosphere and he had all sorts of great classic cars. He had a a Jaguar SS Tour. He had a custom-built uh, SS100 Jag. He had a 36 Ford Phaeton. He had all kinds of toys, and I was always able to drive them. And each summer, as a teenager, you can imagine this, at 16 years old, 17 years old, he would go back to Chicago and take me with him as his son's best buddy, and we would go to the historic races at Elkhart Lake. And it was at that time that he had a 47 Fraser Nash Le Mans replica that he called Gutsy. I remember that car. But Gut, Gutsy, <laughs> Gut 1 was a license plate, and he nicknamed it Gutsy. And it had basically a, an AC Bristol-type motor. It was proper for the period. Just a lovely car. And he said, you want to drive this? And, and I oh said, my gosh. Sure. So I got in the driver's seat and he got in the passenger seat, his right-hand drive car, and he said, take it around. And we started driving laps all 4.3 miles, I think Elkhart is. So you drove the car on, on the, track. the track. That was your first first experience. Yeah, at wow. speed. You know, not, not in, a, not in, oh a, my in gosh. a chain of other cars. We said, just open it up and let it go. Go for it. So after a couple of laps, you know, he had been a professional racer. In the 50s, you know, he'd raced 300 SLs and been very competitive, and that's where he got his passion. And after a couple laps in the Fraser Nash, I was hooked. And he said to me, he says, boy, you can drive this. You're really smooth at, at driving this car. And that kind of stuck with me. And, you know, I ended up racing cars for years later as I, you know, developed the business and became moderately successful. I started, you know, to do vintage racing. And so the, I think it was pretty much the, the vintage racing, you know, being in the car and driving them, you know, period cars and, and seeing what people did in, in those times, how the cars reacted versus what they do today. That was kind of what pushed me over the edge and said, boy, I really want to be in this. I want to own them, drive them, sell them, and have you know everything I can to do with these things. Oh, that's fantastic. That story is incredible. What a what a dream come true for a young young kid to be able to jump in a car like that on a racetrack, a historic racetrack like that, and um, and get to go at speed. My gosh, without a helmet. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't tell yeah. mom, right? <laughs> yeah, probably no seatbelts yeah, either. Most huh? likely, no seatbelts either. Oh gosh! Wow! Wow! That's incredible. You know, this next part we like to to kind of get under the hood and talk a little bit about a challenge in your life, something that was really got you to a breaking point and really pushed you uh, to a point where you you just went, "Wow, I'm I'm about ready to just give this up or quit." But more importantly, how you overcame that situation. Our listeners really like to hear about challenges and, and even big failures and then how you took that and turned it around and how it impacted your life? Well, I think probably one point in our lifetime, I mean, there have been you know, several cycles in collector cars. You know, I just had a luncheon yesterday with Mike Sheehan, who's you know, one of the great for our experts of the world, and Mike is a uh, is you know our official historian now for the Monterey Historic Races. So we were talking about that. We were talking about cycles and bubbles. You know, bubbles in our lifetime. You know, when classic car prices escalated beyond what one might think is reasonable, and then collapsed. And I think the biggest challenge for me was you know by 1986, 
I had been in the auction business for 12 years, and Monterey was an instant success in 1986. In 87, our sales most likely it doubled. I don't have the figures in front of me. By year three, 1988, they had quintupled over the first year. 1989, they had gone up again. But then in 1990, January of 1990, the market kind of crashed and the classic car market took a dive. And going from that high in 1989, you couldn't do anything wrong. I remember 1989, I was the auctioneer at Monterey, and I think of the first 25 cars that were offered for the evening, we sold 26. I mean, you could not no-sale anything. You know, ask for an opening bid of four or 500,000, and three or four hands would go up. I mean, you couldn't make a mistake. But a year later in 1990, it was a different story. And for a few challenging years, 90, 91, 92, the economy was a little strange and it was tough. And uh, I thought about, you know, walking away from it. And at that point in 92, I uh, got my, put my head together with Don Williams and Richie Klein, who ran the Imperial Palace Auto Collection for Ralph Engelstad. And uh, they were doing a sale in Las Vegas at the Imperial Palace, Richie was, and then Don was doing a sale in uh, Blackhawk. And I said, you know what, maybe to survive this thing, maybe we put them all together. And so for a period of two years, we created this conglomerate of our own, all three of our forces called World Classic Auction Company to weather the storm. And uh, through the three of us together, uh, we did do that. In 1995, we decided, okay, the market's recovered. We're going to go back in our respective directions. And we all walked away and then Rick Cole Auctions, you know, started back up again. The ultimate pivot. Look at a situation that's a huge challenge and combine forces and uh, come out of it looking great. And eventually things do turn around, not unlike what uh, we've been challenged with for some mm-hmm. time now here. Um, and we're seeing car prices, you know, escalate up again, yeah. of course. So yes. what was your uh, what was your first car? And if you could tell us a little bit about things you did for that, adventures, memories with that well, car. Well, first car I ever wanted to buy at 16 years old. My, I was very fortunate. I had a, an uncle who was just a great man. And, and he sent me for my 16th birthday, he sent me a check for a thousand whole dollars. And he said, buy yourself a car. And I had set in my sites and MGA. I was going to have an MGA come hell or high water. I wanted to drive that baby to school, to high school every day. And so I, I looked and looked and looked and I finally found one. I found a beautiful MGA, lovely condition. It was only 600 bucks. And I told my mother, I said, I'm getting that. And she says, no, you're not. She said, you're not going to ride around <laughs> in that little death trap. So uh, mother won that battle, and I ended up with a 66 Volkswagen Squareback. So I tootled that to school, and there was a guy I was in class with that had a TR4A IRS. And I thought, oh, oh my wow. goodness. you know, He had a 66 TR4A, I had a 66 Volkswagen. And I thought, you know, he's winning. So without <laughs> yes. my mother's knowledge i made him a trade and uh gave him a few bucks and uh he wanted to be a little bit more conservative he was he was graduating high school i was just you know entering the early days and uh, he was off to college wanted a bigger car i wanted a sports car so i drove the tr4a home one night and i said to my mother i'm sorry but i just made a deal and i can't back out so you're stuck with us <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Well, you, you'll uh, like to hear that the first picture that was ever taken of me in a car, I was in an MGA. Really? My father had borrowed one from a friend. He um, later, a couple of years later, bought an MGTC for his first sports car. But I was one year old, and, and that picture of me sitting in my mom's lap in that white MGA is uh, sitting on my mantle. Okay, well, you and I have similar good taste then. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. That's a nice compliment. I kind of know how you're going to answer this next question, but I know everybody wants to hear a little bit about what's new in your life and what's coming. What's a current project that really has you fired up right now? Something you're working on that's coming down the road that uh, has you really Well, this year's Monterey auction. Yeah, I just decided to to do a complete turnaround on the standard auction uh, system. And, uh, you know, your listeners may or may not be aware that I retired from the auction business for a certain amount of years and basically uh, now kind of making a return to the uh, to the scene. And uh, you know, I've been going to Monterey for many, many, many years. And of course, you know, when we started our auction there in 1986, as you said earlier, I mean, when you went to Monterey for the weekend, I mean, there was the Monterey Historic Races on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and the Concord was Sunday, and that was it. So we introduced the first auction, and, you know, the rest is history. But today, bringing it forward, 20... 28 years later, 26 years, no, 28 years later, there's now 25 official events during the week. Oh, it's gotten, it's just crazy to try to, uh, to try to pick what you want to do is oh, pretty yeah. challenging. I mean, you can't be, you know, you can't cover near the territory that you'd like to. I mean, all the events are fun, but I mean, there comes a, a limit. So, and then last year I went and there was a Bonhams auction, an RM auction, a Gooding auction, an Ecom auction, a Russo and Steel auction, and there might have even been a sixth auction. And I said, you know, I think I can do an auction here, but I certainly don't want to be the 20 sixth official event and try and fill seats because all the auction companies are buying for the same customers and they're all some of them are taking place at the same times and people just can't be everywhere as we all know i said you know how can i do this where we can have the right kind of auction and be successful and i just came up with the idea of just doing it on a cell phone we'll have the car doing it on a cell phone how no is that auctioneer no seats just 35 to 40 really great cars at the ballroom at the hotel i don't know if i'm allowed to even and which hotel will that be at <laughs> It's at the Marriott Hotel, which is directly across from RM Auction. The RM Auction today, you know, that was mine. I, I sold my company to RM. So, yeah, oh, so, that's right. You know, yeah. They operate basically the same way that I did for years. There's no change in the setup, which I'm very proud of, that I, I made it something that was uh, almost perfect, that RM has never really seen the need to change the format or how it runs, the hours of operation, the number of cars, the setup inside the ballroom. It's all exactly the same how I left it. We'll, we I hired a brilliant uh, computer guy, and we... We wrote our own bidding platform, which can be used on an iPhone or a tablet or a smartphone, I mean, a uh, iPad or whatever. And you can go in and mm-hmm. see the cars whenever you want over four days. You can see them Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whenever you want to see them. You can stay as long as you like. You can look at the car you want, go underneath it, crawl around it, look in the hood. And then you can either tell us what you want to pay for it. You can leave an absentee bid at the site or you can do it like they do on eBay and you can go right on your smartphone and in a few seconds have the screen up that shows the car and you can bid just like you would uh, on eBay. And uh, the reaction to the concept is uh, overwhelming. I mean, it's 100% oh, it's brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. It sounds awesome. Uh, just uh, kind of a, a mobile eBay auction in some ways, like you, like you said, but it, it sounds great because it gives people the flexibility to, to literally be in a couple of places at one time and still not miss out on the Well, I mean, a perfect like. example is, you know, RM Auction goes head-to-head with Gooding on Saturday night. I mean, it's a legendary battle, you know, and each of these companies is vying to each have the top car, you know, on Saturday night. And I know, I, I know what Gooding's got, the public does, and I know what he's got for his top car, and I know what 
RM's got for the top car. So, I mean, they're both vying for the same audience on Saturday night. Well, the funny thing is, is that there'll be guys sitting in the audience on their iPhones bidding on cars at my auction. My my buyers can bid <laughs> anywhere, so I'm, I am I may have the last lap. Oh, that's that's a tremendous idea. Well, thank you. And I'm so excited you shared that with us today because um, I think there's going to be a lot of people that will hear this and just think, why didn't I think of that? Just like back when you started the auction game uh, way back in, uh, let's see, you started, what, 30-something years ago. And people said, I think it was Steve Earle that I read said, well, you're crazy. An auction during the race weekend? Who's going to go to that? And the rest is history. That's right. Yeah, exactly. He had the first shot at Monterey. (laughs) Well, tremendous. I can't wait to be there and and see how that works out for you. Thank you. What's what's your favorite way to spend time with cars, Rick? Do you uh, like wrenching on them, detailing them, driving them, restoring them? Is is there one favorite thing you really enjoy when it comes to playing with cars? Uh, I like the art of the deal. That's my favorite. I like like to go after a certain car and be able to obtain it. You know, it it goes beyond the dollars. It goes beyond. It's just being able to, to, to go after a great car and and uh, get it bought you know when i'm not doing auctions i have a, a certain clientele that i am very fortunate to have that has you know a nice appetite for great cars and you know once in a while the phone will ring and someone will say you know find me x and in today's competitive marketplace it's hard to find you know that great car that x car that somebody wants and you know these are really great cars you know we're talking about mostly seven figure kind of things and and you know as well as i do in today's market they're almost impossible to find so i I really love the challenge of being able to satisfy my customers wishes that sounds like a like you're still doing what you started doing and what you've come back to so you've never really left have you no no it's just, uh, you know, I, 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 I love the cars. I really do. That's obvious. Okay, we're coming into what I like to call the last lap, which is a series of questions that Uh-oh. I want you to give our listeners uh, quick blips of the throttle answers, <laughs> I like to call them. Okay. So are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? When the top goes down, the price goes up. <laughs> Perfect. Can you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Little sleep. I wake I, I wake <laughs> up very early. I'm I'm up every day at about four, four thirty in the morning. Early to rise. Yep. The early bird gets the worm or the car in well, this Well, I I would much rather watch a sunrise than a sunset. Great. That's uh, great advice. Do you have any resources that you'd like to share with our listeners? Maybe uh, uh, websites you really like, restoration shops, people, suppliers? Well, I kind of live on Barchetta. That is the uh, the Ferrari database pretty much for you know everything that I really like to look at in Ferrari is pretty much pre-1973 and 12-cylinder. But I mean, Barchetta is a lovely site and it, it covers a lot of the European events. You know, right now, if you go on, it's uh, www dot barketta dot cc and uh, mm-hmm. you can see you know glorious pictures from the Concord Villa de S last week they have they they'll have retromobile from Paris a lot of the European events things that you're unable to see in this country is almost commonplace in Europe so I mean that's a very very fun place to be Anamera is the other website that I'm on constantly. And they're sister sites owned by the same people who are very passionate uh, about what they do. And uh, But, you know, everything in my world is, is studying cars. You know, I mean, if you're going to play in this business, you really got to know what you're doing. And it, a word of advice, and I know you haven't even asked me this question, but I, I just say from experience, if you're going to play in this car business, 
learn about one car and be an expert on one car you like. Don't run the gamut and try and be everything in the muscle car field or be everything in the sports car field. Just pick a car that you really like and really want and learn everything you possibly can know about it. You know, one of my oldest, dearest friends is a fellow in, in Miami who's done nothing his entire career except deal in Rolls-Royce and Bentley. He's never deviated from that path, and he's always been very successful at it because he knows his craft. And that when people start, you know, talking about Corvettes, say, well, you know, I want to collect uh, Corvettes from 1958 to 1967 or something. I mean, there's so much to learn. You just can't know it all. Great advice. And uh, you actually jumped ahead. You may have answered one of the later questions here I'll ask you, but uh, that's wonderful advice. Focus, 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 Mm -hmm. and uh, become an expert in that field and and things will fall into place. We'll make sure that we uh, post those websites on the show notes for this show on carsyad.com so people can find those uh, references. I'm familiar with both those sites and they are really fantastic. They're a lot of fun. You can get caught up in a lot of hours there, almost like watching racing on YouTube. So we're down to the uh, last... Last part of Cars Yeah, this is what I like to call the checkered flag. Usually this is a little bit of a challenge for people to answer, so we'll see how you do. You may uh, you may know exactly what you love as far as one car, but let's do it. And I kind of call this one, this question, a real doozy. <laughs> if you only had one car in your garage, you could only have one car in your garage, and it's something that you couldn't sell to buy other cars with, and you had to drive it every day. What would that car be and why? Well, it's a big key driving it every day, so we're not going to go into heavy classics or any super exotic cars. I mean, I like the car I drive now. I mean, I, I have a, an SL55, a 2005 SL55. I mean, it's got great lines. I think it'll be a collector's piece because it's really kind of exquisite. It goes real fast when you want it to. It's got a lot of pep, and uh, the top automatically goes in the trunk, and uh I think that, you know, could be, I mean, the production numbers are all haywire today. You know, everything with car collecting is numbers. You know, it's one of one or one of three or one of 36 or one of 50. You know, today they make so many cars. But, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, as an everyday good looking kind of maybe want to be a classic someday, maybe one day. I don't know. I I like the little SL55 I've got. Very Cool. Oh, you know, I'll tell you something. I uh, I had the pleasure of going to a Mercedes dealership years ago and got to test drive one of those cars. And I'll tell you, that is one of the very few cars that when I've come back from the test drive, I didn't want to get out of mm-hmm. it. I literally wanted to just stay. I sat there in it just thinking about the drive. It was so fantastic. And, and so uh, you picked one near and dear to my heart. I would love to have one of those cars. It just does everything. It does. And the fact that the top goes down and you can still talk to the person next to you with the windscreen, it's it's fabulous. So uh, good choice there. Well, I mean, That's going awesome. back to my you know auctioneer, the Stars thing, I mean, it was kind of a fun deal. It was bought new. This car I have was bought new by Dr. Phil. Oh, And goodness. he bought it for his wife. And she never drove it. So years later, when they wanted to get another one, I got it and it didn't have any miles on it. <laughs> it was just a perfect, <laughs> so perfect did, deal. So did it come with a lot of advice? Uh, I didn't take any. I just just give, just throw <laughs> me the keys. That's all. Thank you. Good, good for you. <laughs> good for you. Well, Rick, uh, you've taken us on a great ride, and I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Before we go, perhaps you could give one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset that our listeners uh, would like to know about. You you've offered a lot of great advice during the the show here, but maybe there's just one bit of advice you could offer them, and then we'll say goodbye. When in Los Angeles, take uh, Fountain Avenue. That's the best way to get to get around. <laughs> 
Take fountain. Okay. Everybody will be uh, Google mapping that one right after the show for sure. We'll, we'll put that on the show notes as well. Uh, listeners can find everything we've talked about here today at carsyad.com slash Rick Cole. And you, or you can go to the search bar and enter Rick Cole and see everything we've talked about. I really want to thank you for being my very first guest. This has been so tremendous. I couldn't have wished for anybody better. And we literally just met here. So feel like I've got a new car friend. A new car buddy in you, and I'm so excited. I can't wait to see you down in Monterey this summer, and I wish you the best of success as you uh, venture back into the auction business. I know it's going to be tremendous. Until then, keep the shiny side up. Thanks for being here. Well, Mark, I, I really appreciate the uh, the opportunity to be your first guest. It's very kind of you. Oh, thank you. No, it was tremendous. And I hear you're about to go on a, on a little trip here. Oh, I got to go to New York tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Greenwich Concord this weekend. Oh, what fun. Well, have a tremendous time. And uh, again, a genuine thank you for being on the show. It's uh, it's so exciting to have you be the first okay, guest. Okay, well, good luck with the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, it's going to be a, a new adventure, that's, that's for, sure. for sure. All right, we'll see you down the road. All right. Okay, you take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.